um, riding down the highway side by side with him, hysterical, blowing the horn, <laughs> screaming, hey, pull over, pull over. And he's like, me, and I'm like, yeah, you, John, pull over. Your wife is cheating with my husband, pull over. And he's like, me? Who is this crazy lady? She knows my name. Welcome, everyone, to my podcast, Making a Way, a podcast created to inform, empower, and encourage you through difficult times. Today, we will be discussing the topic of adultery. I know that most of you have experienced or know someone that has experienced adultery in one way or another. So today, um, as you know, I'm an attorney, so I will be giving you some insight in terms of what you can do in court. Um, We also have here Jessica Zarella. Um, She is a former state's attorney in Montgomery County. She's now in private practice. And so she will be offering some insight into what people that try to catch their spouse do and shouldn't do or can do. Um, Jessica, welcome. Thanks for having me, Sandy. And of course, we have Monica Moreda, who is here to ask all the great questions from our guests and chime in with anything uh, related to this topic. So what we'd like to do today is bring on a guest, uh, Ms. Jackson, who will be telling her story. And as as she's telling her story, um, you know, we can all, I think, ask questions and, um, you know, Miss Jackson, if Jessica brings something up, you can ask her. Um, Miss Jackson, welcome. Um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Miss Jackson. Um, I was married for 25 years, two kids, two kids from the marriage. Um, it ended in a divorce. Um, do I tell my story now or? Well, let me, let me ask you this. So you were married, right? So the cheater, um, was your husband, I imagine. Yes. Okay. So at that time, um, let's say when you found out, okay, about the adultery, how long had you been married at that time? I had been married for about 23 plus years. Okay. And at that time, just so we can get the setting of this, how many children did you have at that time? I had a total of three and two from the marriage. Okay. And how old were your kids? Ten and my ten, about 15 and... Okay. All right. So let's um, start with uh, the point when you find out uh, that your husband has been unfaithful. How did you find out? My 10-year-old daughter, I came home from work one day and my 10-year-old daughter looks at me and say, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy has a girlfriend because he's always talking to her on the telephone. And he goes to see her every day before you get home, before you get home from work. Did you have any feeling, sense that this might be going on before your daughter said anything to you? None at all. No, ma'am. What was your marriage like? I mean, I'm asking, you know, were you happy? Um, Was he doing all the things that husbands do? Um, Was there anything missing? 
I was very happy. We were always together, um, and there were no signs at all until he started hanging out in the evening and coming in late at night. Okay. So were you guys having sex? Yes. Okay. All right. So then your daughter tells you this, and then what is your first instinct? Do you believe her? Do you doubt what she's saying? What are you thinking at that point? Um, I believe her. My first instinct is I'm going to do whatever it takes to catch him. So um, I started in investigating mode. I brought a prepaid cell phone, and I decided at that point um, I would use a different name and be located in another state and started investigating every move that he made. Okay, so your first thought was... I'm going to investigate this and I'm going to buy a cell phone. So why why the cell phone? Tell tell me what you were thinking with that. The cell phone at the time was um, trying to, I started um, watching, um, looking at his cell phone, hoping that I would find a telephone number that he was calling all the time. And I purchased a prepaid cell phone so that they could not be traced back to me or my home phone. Okay. So if I had a prepaid phone with another unknown name located in another state and pay cash for the phone, no one would be able to put it back to me. Okay, so you're looking through his phone records to look and you're looking for a number that continues to appear and you buy this cell phone so that you can begin to call the numbers that appear on on the bill. Is that right? Yes, and okay. hoping to catch, um, hoping that once the person on the other end answered would be the female, would be a female voice, yes. Okay, so then uh, what happens after you get a hold of his records? Um, what, are you, what are you finding? Um, I'm finding uh, one particular telephone number, two particular telephone numbers that are being called all the time, all hours in the evening, all day, all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So you start calling those? Yes, I started calling those numbers to oh. see who would answer the phone. And a female, one was a, a work number and the other one was a female. Okay. So what happened with the female who answered? Uh the female that answered at that particular time, once I got a hold of the female, I kept calling the number, and she constantly kept answering all the time. And then the other number was a work number. So when I dialed the work number, I got the same female voice on a work business number as well as this particular number that showed up on his bill. So once you called, she answered, and you hung up, or did you say anything? No, I hung up at the time, and I um, I researched the telephone number, and I found the address to where the business was located. Wow. Okay. So now you have the phone number. Now you have the address. What do you do after that? Um, I start writing. Um, I map out the location for the business address, determined that maybe I could catch him at this business because it's showing up all the time. So once I find the business address, I find it, I go there on my way home, on my way to work, I would drive past. So I'm constantly driving past this location. Okay. How often? To see if I can find him. 
for how long were you driving past this location? I drove past the location for about a week before I caught him there. Every day? Every day. Okay. And when you, I think that Monica has a question over here. Ms. Jackson, so um, how did that make you feel? Were you nervous? Were you in shock when all this happened? Um, I was very nervous. I was very shocked um, when I made the phone calls. My heart was basically pounding out of my chest, and I just kept praying and crying the whole time. I was like, Lord, just let me catch him. Lord, just let me know. Just let me know. So I was very nervous, shaking, and crying hysterically. Did but you... I held it together because I was determined to catch him. Were you alone in the car when you're scoping this place out? Yes. Okay. All the time. It was just me by myself. Okay. So after you've driven past this place um, for a week, what, what, do you, what do you decide to do next? After I drove past the um, location for one week, um, my husband had told me that he had um, an appointment, a dentist appointment at this location. So at the present time that morning, I went to work. And I just had a feeling something said, okay, he's going to be at this location today. So I um, called the location, and it went straight to voicemail. The office was closed this particular day, so he told me that he had an appointment. And I was at work, but I was determined I was going to catch him. So a 30-minute commute to get to this um, dentist office took every bit of 10 minutes. I was hysterical, speeding down the beltway like a bat out of crazy cuckooville, and I was determined I was going to catch him. So as I turned the corner and went down the hill, I almost hit him. He was getting ready to walk into the dentist's office that was closed. Wow. Okay. And then what happened? When he saw me, um, I remained calm, and he started cussing, cursing me out and cursing me out and asking me what was I doing there, and I stayed calm, and I said, I wanted to come with you to your appointment today, and he just went off and just started cussing, get, you know, cussing me out, telling me to get away, and I was like, what's going on? I want to go with you, and he told me, no, I couldn't go, and I said, I'm going with you, so I stood there, and he was very na nervous at the time. He was so nervous that he decided to leave. So once he decided to leave, he had locked his keys in the car and he was just acting really weird. Okay. So then after he locked his keys, did you take him home? Did you help him? What happened? Um, I stood there. He remained to cuss me out. Um, prior to that, um, I had noticed the same car that was there um, during work hours where the, was the only car there in the parking lot at the previous time. So he was acting strange, cursing me out. So he had to call my father-in-law to come and pick him up, and I stood there. So after the father-in-law came to him, I just left at that time. Ms. Jackson, it sounds like he was very violent. Was he using any substances such as alcohol or drugs at the time? Not to my knowledge, no. Okay. So then when he um, when he was picked up, or was he picked up, or did he stay there? He stayed there. I stayed there until my father-in-law came with a spare um, set of keys, and he left, and I left also at that time. Okay. So then um, anything happen again similar to that? Um, 
once I realized that um, I had it all mapped out, the car was still there, I proceeded one day to not go into work. Um, I went into the doctor's office, and once I walked into the doctor's office, I was greeted by a young lady. I told her who I was, and I told her that I was here to see the dentist. She re- the doctor. She replied to me that um, he's busy. It's going to take a while. And I said, that's okay. I have nothing but time. I'll wait. And she said, it's going to take a long time. And I said, that's okay. But when I walked through the door, the young lady that was sitting at the desk, when I came in, she practically fell out of the chair. So she fell out of the chair and then she got back up. And that's when she continued to convince me that it was going to be a long time and she could take a message I should leave and I refused to leave. I said, no, I will wait. I have nothing but time. So I had given her my name and told her I would wait. And she said, okay. But at this point, I'm thinking, um, all you know is that he has talked to her a great deal of, right? Um, Yes. Okay. So then what was your plan? What were you thinking you were going to do? Um, I was working in the medical field at the time, and I know patients are not allowed to have relationships with the, I mean, co-workers are not allowed to have relationships with the patient. So I researched, looked up the ethnic codes. I had the ethnic codes ready. I had my prepaid cell phone in my purse at the time with the telephone number that is always dialed. I had that ready in my bag to hit at any moment. So the whole object was to make this doctor aware that my husband was involved with someone in that office because that work number was always on his bill. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did the doctor ever come out? Did you talk to him? So at the present time, um, I waited for about two to three hours. Um, The doctor finally came out, and I told him that I was there to see him because my husband is having an affair with someone in the office. So the young lady at the front desk, of course, she started panicking and freaking out and just walking back and forth. I noticed her going to her purse several times to... um, check her cell phone. My cell phone rung um, with my husband calling me, but I ignored him. And she's just acting hysterical. So he told her to pull my husband's chart. They pulled the husband's chart. He asked me to come into the back. Once I went into the back where the doctor was, we sat down and I explained the situation that someone in this office is having an affair with my husband and under the ethnic code, and I read the code to him, I said, when I have you subpoenaed, I will have you subpoenaed in court once I get a divorce with my husband. And at that time, I reached down in my purse because I saw the young lady going back and forth to her cell phone, and my cell phone was going off numerous times with my husband calling me. I hit send. When I hit send, her phone rung in her purse. And she went to answer it, and I could look down into my purse, and I saw, and I heard her answer. So at that time, I knew right then and there, I got you. I know who she is now at that point. So then what did the doctor say or do, if anything? So at that time, I said, um, it's someone in this office. And I said, as a matter of fact, her it's this young lady right here, her phone is ringing and your office number is always showing up on my husband's cell phone bill and her her cell phone number as well. And it just rung. And the young lady started screaming and yelling and jumping up and down and cursing me out. 
Wow. And I remained calm the whole time. And at that point, I knew who she was. So I just investigated a little bit deeper. Okay. So did the doctor say anything to you? He apologized to me and he told me that that would not be tolerated. And at that time, she um, got demoted in her job. Okay. I found that out also. So you just walked out, I imagine? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Did you confront your husband about this? Not at all. Because he knew she was calling him. So he just kept calling me and calling me, and I wouldn't answer the phone because I knew what he wanted. So I just ignored it until that evening when I got home, and he asked me, well, what did you do today? And I said, work like you did, and I just left it alone. Because at that point, I felt like I had achieved a part of it, but I had to research a little bit further, which I did. Okay, so that wasn't enough. You still didn't—you still were not satisfied, I imagine— Uh, You didn't get confirmation that he was cheating. Um, So what did you plan then? At that time, um, I saw the car. So I had a friend that was a policeman. I had the friend run the tag number for me. So at that time, once the tag number was ran, I knew her name and her address. So then at that particular time, I decided, okay, I'm going to stake out her house. I want to see if she's married, if someone lives in her house with her. And I... Um, found out that it was a man in the house as well, and she was married as well. Mm. Okay, so now you know she's married. So what what are you thinking? So I'm thinking, how can I get in touch with her husband? I'm going to do whatever I can to get in touch with her husband. So I... um, I waited and I waited and I waited and I saw the gentleman leave the house at one particular time. This is about a week before I finally catch up with him. So once I realized who, what he was driving, I kind of waited. And then one particular day after work, um, I, I knew he would leave in the evening. So the gentleman was working at night. So at that particular time, I proceeded to, okay, I have to catch him when he gets off of work. I plotted it out. His na- The neighborhood was one way in, one way out. So he had to come out this way. So I'm praying that I catch the one. <laughs> it's, we, I, I just can't believe that you were so methodical in this. Can I, I, can I jump in? Mrs. Jackson, hi, this is Jessica. Uh, it, hi, Jessica. This is kind of the most... This is some cold-blooded shit right here. Like, you are living out every scorned woman's fantasy. And having never met you in person as your lawyer, I have to advise you and all of our listeners to not do anything like this ever. And I'm dying to hear. I'm dying to hear how this ends, Miss Jackson. I can't wait to hear how it ends. But this is... Amazing, but in fraught with peril, fraught with peril. There, There are so many things that you're doing that I'm totally rooting for you in this story. And I can't wait to hear how he gets his because I have no doubt in my mind with you on his tail. You absolutely he gets his. Um And Sandy, we can totally check back in about all the not so legal things that Miss Jackson is doing at this point. Um, but 
in, in all seriousness, something that makes for a good story doesn't kind of make for practicality down the road. Um, but Mrs. Jackson, I am rooting for you and I cannot wait to hear how this ends. So I love that you are sitting at the one way, the use of the word plotting, you're plotting to find husband of woman. And I, first of all, I love that the this melee at the dentist office was not enough. You're like, nah, I needed more. I needed more. I needed something, and you're gonna get it. So tell me what that was. What happens? You're you're sitting at the um the one way in, one way out, waiting for hubs, and what happens? It's raining, and it's storming really hard. So I see this young man pull out, and I proceeded to flag him down. I'm riding down the highway side by side with him, hysterical, blowing the horn, screaming, (laughs) hey, pull over, pull over. And he's like, me, and I'm like, yeah, you, John, pull over. Your wife is cheating with my husband, pull over. And he's like, me? Who is this crazy lady? She knows my name. I got to pull over. So he pulls over. So once he pulls over, I get out the car. Um, Of course, you could tell I'm not in my right state of mind at that time. I did not care. I'm determined to catch my husband by any means necessary. Go get it. So he pulls over. I tell him. I give him my husband's phone number. He's looking at me like I'm crazy, but I have his wife's full name. I know where your wife works. I know what your wife drives. Um, They're cheating in the evening while you're at work. Um, before then I had, um, actually called the house. I had the house phone number. I called this house acting like I was Sears cleaning company. I wanted to know if they needed their carpet clean because we were running a promotion. So That's I got smart. the guy's name. I have all of this. So when I pull him over this That's brilliant. day, <laughs> he knows that I know something. So I give him my husband's phone number, my husband's name. So that particular evening, I told him what time my husband got home. I answered the home phone, and I give the phone to my husband. You have a phone call. And I hear them cussing, and my husband was like, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. You found out what you wanted to know. But that wasn't all of it. Mm, Okay. So at this point, I think um, her marriage is on the rock. So what happens with your husband? So at that particular time, I'm feeling, yes, I'm, I'm getting back because I'm in revenge, revenge state at this present time. So um, at my husband, he's still not doing anything. Of course, she had me. We, we showed up in court a couple of times because she did a protective order to keep me away from her because we're less than 10 miles from each other's house. So she does a protective order. We go, we go back and forth to court for this twice. Um, I, she took me to court because I had left a note on the home door for her husband to call me. That was the first one. Then the second time I was driving down the highway and I had my youngest son in the car in the back seat, and they proceeded doing, um, they were having, I guess she was moaning and groaning as if they were having sex and almost ran off the road. So I went to the police precinct and now I'm filing charges against her because she called, not only did she call one time while I have my young child in the car, she called numerous times and she's on the phone. Oh, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, it feels so good. Oh, oh. So she's constantly hanging up and calling me, hanging up and calling me. So I had to wait for my record to come from my phone company, get it investigated. Then I take her to court. So the first court appearance, the judge told me stay away from her. The second time when I took her to court, 
she jumped up and down in court, and she's all up in my face, and she's prissing and prancing. Oh, she's mad. You're mad because your husband loves me more than he loves you. You're mad. You're mad. So the whole time in court, I'm calm. I pretty much got my answers. So I'm like, okay, I found out it was her. I like to just smash her face in one good time. But no, <laughs> okay. So the policeman in the courtroom was like, have a seat because I remained calm the whole time. So he's saying, just stay away from her. You don't call her. So at this time, both of us have protective orders against each other to stay away from each other if we see each other. Ms. Jackson, and as you're facing these legal charges, are you regretting at the time everything you've done so far to get him? Absolutely absolutely not. No, because I was hurt. I was devastated. I knew that was the answer. So, okay, so now you have protective orders against each other, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, the story violated, goes on. Who the violated the protective on. order first, <laughs> you or her? <laughs> so, with the protective order, um, after we left out the courtroom, I had to wait about 45 minutes for her to leave out. So, as I was walking back to my car, she waited for me in the parking lot. So, she slows down, and she's like, B, it's not over. It's not over. I'm going to get you. So I turn back around and I go back in the courthouse and I tell tell them what happened. They were like, oh, don't worry about it. She was angry. Just stay away from her. So I'm really angry because it hasn't been an hour and you pretty much attacked me in the parking lot, but you speed off really fast. So I'm like, okay, at this point, I'll see you one day. I'm kind of calm. I'm just waiting. And I'm still thinking to myself, it's going to get better. We're going to go to counseling. So then we proceed to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. You and your husband go to counseling. Okay. When we go to counseling, it's worse than... Um, it was before because I have all the information. So that was a total disaster. Um, we wouldn't speak for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then um, there were particular times where we were driving. I was driving by myself, and we're in the same area within 10 miles of each other, so we would see each other. So it was a time where I would look up and she was in front of me, or I would look up and she was behind me. And my phone would call, and my husband, what are you doing? Leave that girl alone. Leave her alone. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then I would look around my surrounding, and I would see her. And I'm like, you're the you're the big bad one. You know, just let me catch you one good time. But... So how long were you um, in counseling with him? How long would you say? Months? We did about two to three weeks of counseling, which was the worst thing in the world. So did he ever admit that he had an affair? Never admit, never admitted at all. What was his attitude like during counseling sessions? Um, He would look at me and... They would tell him to, you know, they would suggest things for him to do when he got home. They would suggest things. He would say he would answer. Um, He never, you know, they would talk to me first. They would talk to him first. I always felt like, am I too skinny? Am I too fat? Am I too light? Am I too dark? Is my hair too short? Is my hair too long? I always thought it was me. And I always thought that it was something that I was doing wrong. Did he ever follow anything that the therapist suggested for you guys? Never. No? Never. Actually, it got worse after counseling. Mm-hmm. No. Now, so, during this time, was he being violent to your children? Never. 
never violent to the kids, never admitted anything that he was doing to the kids, never talked about it at all to the kids. No. So he was your typical good provider, uh, fine with the kids um, at this point with this woman, though. Did he end that relationship as far as you know at that point? At that point, um, I, I think he uh, he ended that relationship with her, and then he went on with someone else. He proceeded to find mm. someone else. How did he find someone else? Um, via Facebook. Did you mm-hmm. just kill that girl? Like, what happened with that second girl? <laughs> <laughs> with the second girl, um, at this point, um, throughout all of this big ordeal, I had went to court with the first young lady twice. I had a couple of visits to the emergency room, throwing up blood, sick, can't eat, can't sleep, diarrhea, lost weight, um, total disaster. I was a wreck, depressed. I was totally depressed. So when it came to the second young lady, I had no more fight in me. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was done. Got it. No more fight. So you weren't, I mean, you were devastated and hurt. Um with the first girl. So by the yes. time he is with the second girl, you are not hurt as much or are you still hurting? Um, in between all of this, he had made a trip overseas to Korea to work. Um, at that time, he was over there. I think he was messing with a couple of women at the time as well because I'm still in investigating mode while he was overseas. I was tracking um, his cell phone number while he was still overseas. He was talking to a guy here back in the United States, and this guy had actually sent him a uh, a ring because he was going to marry a lady from in Korea. So um, I heard all of those messages. I saw, you know, I, I was reading emails as well at the time. And then when I would call, he would he would call every day at a certain time when it was time for him to before he went to work. And I would, but he never hung the phone up for some reason. Wow. And I could always hear another woman in the background laughing and him telling another woman that he loved him. So then the third woman back here in the States, I had no, I was done at that time. So there was a third woman. Okay. So tell me about the third woman a little bit. The third woman, um, I didn't know. The third woman, uh, we were at the point in our marriage where after counseling, I guess he felt like, I felt like he had finished running around and we were always together. We started spending time together. We started roller skating. We started exercise class together. So we were always together. And I felt like we were at that point. Yes, we're very happy. So we were getting ready. He said, you were always wanted a house. Pick your house out. Get whatever house you want. So me being... Oh, yeah, I got my husband. I get to get my house. My house is 90% packed. We're getting ready to sign our contract on Monday and on Friday after Christmas. He's never did Christmas with my kids, ever. So this particular Christmas in 2014, um, he gets up and he watches the kids and he's opening gifts. And the kids are looking at me and I'm looking at him and I'm like, what is going on? And everybody's like, he never did this. And he cooked breakfast. So we're having breakfast and opening Christmas gifts. And then the very next morning, I wake up at 4 o'clock and he's gone. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I said I called him, and I noticed all of his toiletries and personal items, everything was gone. So I called him and I said, "Babe, where are you?" And he said, "You'll never get it. You'll never understand." And I said, "Never get it. Never understand." I said, "What are you talking about?" And in the background, it said, "Now boarding flight." And I said, "You're at the airport." Yeah, yeah. I had to pick up someone for work. And I said, work. I said, you didn't tell me this. You'll never get it, Miss Jackson. You'll never understand. Click. He hangs wow. up. I don't talk to him. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He comes back in Monday. And I'm calling him all weekend, crying, all the emotional. I'm just a total emotional wreck all weekend. He comes in the house. I look at him and I said, what is going on? Because his phone is constantly going to um, voicemail. So he tells me, we need to talk. And he said, it's over. And at this point, I'm like, over? And he said, yes, it's over. And I said, what do you mean over? And um, I'm happy. And I said, you were with another woman? And he said, yes. So before we had our conversation, I'm tired, I'm done, I'm I'm totally out of it. So I just pray. I pray to God, God give me strength on this conversation with whatever he tell me. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. I'm through. So while we were having the conversation, he said, it's over. I've been with another woman this weekend, and it was the best time of my life. I found my old girlfriend in Facebook, and we were together uh, Thanksgiving, and I went to Atlanta to see her, and we're going to be together. And I said, what? And he said, yeah, she has two kids. She's married, but her husband is dying, so we're waiting for her husband to die. Once her husband dies, we're going to be together. At that point, he said, what do you want? I said, I want half of everything I'm entitled to. Unbelievable. And then we had an ugly divorce. So you you were done. I mean, it it seems to me, though, you were probably most hurt towards the beginning. And then by that time, you were sort of expecting it, I, I assume. You were. When he went away, it was I was feeling more, okay, maybe we need a break. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need a break. So if we just stay away from each other, and then during that time, I thought about all the stuff I did. And I was like, really? You have, I cannot believe. And at this time, I have no one to talk to because everyone would have thought that I was crazy. So as he left, it made me realize, what, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? So I started asking myself, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did all of this stuff to try to save my marriage. So at that point, um, the divorce starts, I imagine. I'm not going to get too much into that, but that was the end. He didn't come back. You didn't get back together. You didn't go to counseling anymore. No, ma'am. Okay. So, you know, that is a a very, very difficult time. Um, So looking back, let's say, right, um, what would you tell someone that was stuck in that kind of marriage? I mean, you know, because I think the first thing that people think is, okay, well, why didn't you leave him? Um, You know, what was what were you feeling like? Were you afraid? Were you in love? Why didn't you? Um, At the time, um, he was the head sole provider of the family. He made more money than me. So I I grew up not having my dad in the home. So I felt like my children need 
their dad in the house. That's best for them. Um, they got to have the dad in the house. They can't make it without a dad, even though I grew up without my dad being in the home. And I was determined at that time. I wanted my marriage to work. So I, I felt at that time, whatever it, ta- it took to keep him there and feeling hopeless, feeling I can't survive without him. I'll never be able to survive without him. He makes more money than me. Um, All I have is my children. Um, I can't afford my own apartment. I couldn't afford to move out on my own. I didn't want to move out back at home with my mom or my brothers or my sisters because I didn't want to hear everybody. I didn't want to to be looked at as a failure. Your your marriage um, failed. I didn't want to hear the negative remarks from what people had to say. Mm. Okay, but looking back, do you think that um, there was a way out? Like, was there something you could have done at that point to get Ab- yourself away from that? Absolutely. Um, looking back on all the foolish, crazy things that I did, I my advice, I... As I went through that, I had women come up to me just random, and they would tell me my husband left me. I did not know these women, and I I kind of felt like I had a blinking light on my head. If your husband left you, just tell me and we can talk. So at that point, after going through all that I went through, my advice to women, I told them to pray. Pray first. Get yourself together. They were in situations where they, where we started letting ourselves go. I told them, pull yourself together. It's nothing wrong with you. You did not do anything wrong. It's not you. It's him. And I always, I would always, always, and I still do today, would advise to the female, please go get counseling first. Once you get counseling first, if he's, you can tell. After a week, if he's really into the marriage, because he's going to try, if he try, if he doesn't try, I would tell them, let it go. You will survive. There is life after divorce. And my, my favorite saying to women today is one man's trash is another man's treasure. I went through hell, high water, low water, no water, and I survived. And I was blessed with a man that loves me so much. So don't beat yourself up once you do counseling. And if he's still not willing, get an attorney. Um, love upon your children if you have children because those children need you. And my children needed me. And at that point, that's when I realized that, no, don't do. I, I, I don't share that story deeply with a lot of women because I don't want anyone to do what I did. I was berserko. I went above and beyond. Well, I think I that it's, it's extremely helpful because I think that most women would want to do everything you just did um, to try to find out. And and maybe and you probably felt like once you found out, then you would do something about it. But um, so I think that one of the things that um, I'm interested to hear uh, from Jessica actually is, you know, what's your take on this? Uh, her actions to try to dig and find and be the detective. Like, what are you thinking when she's describing these things? Uh, you know, if I can ask Miss Jackson, what year was this? What year are you finding this out the first time that your daughter comes home and says these things about daddy having a girlfriend? Wow. Um, it, it was probably about 2000. 
It was probably about 2000. So, so all of this stuff went on for a really for long years, time, probably right. about five, at least about five years. All of this stuff went on. Right. Yes. So in a five year period. See, and you look at the time when she's doing this 2000, right? The Internet is not as prevalent as it is right now. Um, and now there are so many more outlets that we willingly give people glimpses into our lives. Uh, And what I'm talking about is social media. And so many of our cases are tried in social media. And I can only imagine the force to be reckoned with that Miss Jackson would have been had she had access to social media as prevalent as it is um, now, 20 years later, than it was in 2000. Um, her, your skills, Miss Jackson, are sort of rivaling, um, you know, the best detective that we have here in Montgomery County. Um, and it, it's a methodical, long term investigation. Um, but what she's saying, right, is it took a toll on my mental health and it took a toll, you know, yeah. on my physical health. And that's why I can't recommend that for other women. And more so than yeah. that today. Right. With the prevalence of yeah. so, social media, with the prevalence of um people, notoriety, right? People want notoriety. They want to be realized for everything that they do. As a prosecutor, you saw a lot of cases where people had, not necessarily adultery, but people had some type of beef or some type of problem. They then sought the person out and then taped what they did to that person or with that person, their confrontation of that person, and then put it on social media. And then it led to a prosecution, It became very common. And all I see now, fast forwarding Miss Jackson's behavior 20 years, is the chances upon which this could have gone wrong and could have gotten involved into actual physical violence where someone could have gotten hurt. Um, I'm quite frankly surprised that it didn't. Um, And as a former prosecutor and as a now criminal defense attorney and family law attorney, I look at this and my, you know, as my eyes as big as saucers saying there are so many ways this could have gone wrong. You know, and I think Miss Jackson recognizes that, right? We're sitting here talking about it as like a, a, a funny antidote of kind of girls gone wild adultery style but um Mm -hmm. the the things that could have happened like the protective order right we all knew that was going to happen Mm -hmm. um but an assault case a stalking case a harassment case um a felony assault case um fraught with peril just absolutely nothing i could recommend though you know hey when you're in it to win it i kind of understand why she did what she did yeah. So I think that you were lucky. The bottom line is, I think that nothing happened. She didn't press, you know, the other charges against you. And so um, I think that the we've seen this scenario play out in our cases. And when someone comes in and tells me they're suspecting that their spouse is cheating, um, I suggest that we hire an investigator, you know, because that person is or a Ms. professional. <laughs> now I'm going to tell them or hire Ms. Jackson, Jackson. Um, (laughs) your second career um, over here in Montgomery County. Um, But, you know, you need someone that is dedicated to that. And although, you know, I think that the first thought people have is that's expensive, right? That's really expensive. But at the end of the day, I think that you will have your health, (laughs) um, mental, your mental state will be better. And, um, 
it will save you money because I think that at the end of the day, if you have the evidence to prove that someone has cheated on you, then I think um, you may use that as a bargaining chip in a case. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know about you, um, but do you think it really matters I don't. that somebody cheated in a divorce, in a divorce I, case? I really don't. And I have this conversation with clients all the time. And I feel like a lot of what guides our clients, right, is what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. And they see like these gotcha, aha moments where the PI is jumping out, like Miss Jackson, jumping out of the, the bushes and taking photographs. And then the wife is getting... million because she's got the picture of her husband cheating. Uh, I think it matters very little. Mm -hmm. I think, and what I say to my clients is the who, right, really matters sometimes more than the affair. Like in a a thing like Miss Jackson's, a case like Miss Jackson's husband meets dental hygienist and they have an affair. I don't think that even raises an eyebrow today. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't. When you talk about someone having an affair with husband or wife's family member, um, having an affair with a party who's significantly younger, like on the line of almost illegal, when you have people who have 100% second lives, right? They've bought a home with someone, they have kids with someone else, and they're playing this duality of life and siphoning marital funds, right, off secretly into their second relationship. I think those are the situations where adultery raises eyebrows. It's so common Mm -hmm. um, that unless uh, there is a a very icky or a very disturbing who the adultery is with, or there are marital funds being siphoned off to prop the adultery up, I think it matters very little. Exactly. And I think that I've had situations where, you know, the parties want to agree on how they will split up. But one of them really wants to prove they want their day in court to show the pictures and the videos and tell everyone how horrible their husband or wife is. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a reasonable or really good offer on the table and it will work out for everyone, wouldn't you agree that that's the best way to go? Absolutely. It it takes, and as Miss Jackson will say, it takes its physical and mental toll on you. It takes its physical and mental toll on your children. Keep in mind, right, when you litigate a divorce case, anything that you put out there in your pleadings, anything you put out there in your trial is public record. So at some point, your kids, when they become 18, they might get curious about it. They might go pay their $10 and go down to technical services at the courthouse and order their CD of mom and dad's divorce case. And do you want that out there? Um, So you might think you're getting something for yourself by putting your spouse through that, but you may put it out there for your children down the road. Or if you put all that in your pleadings, right? Sandy sees as well as I do opposing counsel who put all the sordid, nasty details of the adultery in their pleadings. That's available for all your friends and family to go down to the courthouse pay their 25 cents a page and get a copy of. Um, You really have to think that through. Yeah. And I think that with adultery, it's more common now, like you said, with social media, people finding their, you know, high school sweetheart on Facebook, which is what happened with you. You just said, you know, with the third woman. Um, But let me ask you this. Were these women younger than you? I mean, what was it? I wonder. Do you do you have a sense of why he did this? Yes, 
he did. He finally told me um, when he I asked him why. He called a family meeting, and he wanted the kids there, and he discussed with the kids that we decided we decided that we were going to split up because the marriage isn't working. And I said, no, that's not the truth. Tell them the truth. So then he told them the truth, how he um, got back with his college, high school um, girlfriend and how he finally got her and her husband was dying and they were waiting for him to die. Nothing and no one was going to stop them from being together. And my kids are looking at him like, what? And he said, your mother is a beautiful woman. Your mother is beautiful inside and out. She's excellent. She's she's beautiful. But I was never, ever in love with her. Oh, my gosh. I always wanted someone who was like his high school sweetheart. And she could never be that person that my high school sweetheart was. He said that's why I cheated on her several times because I was looking for someone to be like my high school sweetheart. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is the family meeting? This is the family (laughs) meeting? How old were your children at this point, Miss Jackson? Um. Let me see. They were, one was in middle school and the other one was in high school. This is one hell of a family Right, right. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, so there were no signs. That's what's really horrible about this. Like most of the time, you know, you hear people coming home late or like, you know, um, whatever. What other things do we know people are cheating? Like you see restaurant charges or store purchase charges on the credit card. Right. Well, we didn't go to that restaurant Mm -hmm. together. What did we get from the perfume place? Like those sorts of serious trips, you know. Mm-hmm. They oh, get violent away. when you confront them as well. Sorry? They yeah. get violent when you confront them. They'll yeah. try to blame you. Defensive. Or Defensive. I think that sometimes they blame you, right, for cheating or uh, being out there with other people. But did you, I mean, were there any red flags at all with him? The the red flags that um, I had towards the end was he would, um, he used to, we would roller skate together and he started roller skating without me. And then um, he was always a workaholic. So he had to work. And I'm, and I'm thinking, you're not working until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning and you have to be back up at 4 o'clock in the mm, morning. Okay, so there and were then, some. Yes, mm. so it was stuff like that that started. And then when I would ask, what are you doing? I'm working. And then, of course, he'll start blowing up and he would start cursing and he would all the signs. And, you know, one thing that um, I I heard you say, and, and that was a red flag to me, but obviously it's not a red flag to people when you're in it, is he never shared the holidays with you or your children. Like he wasn't interested in being together and and all of that. I mean, that was that normal to you? Uh, I mean, what did you think of that? When um, when we met, when he was a young child, um, he never, they never did family get-togethers. His family was very small, and they never, you know, they were never a close family. When I say close, meaning spending time with your grandparents and your aunts and your uncles, they never did that. And Christmas, mm-hmm. that was just the most out craziest thing ever that was dumb that was stupid you're spending your money santa really i've never heard of such and i and my family we always did that so he never did it until 
2014. And that was a total red flag right there. Ms. Jackson, I'm curious. So he said that he was never in love with you. Um, when he proposed to you, did he look like he was in love with you? Is there a reason why you marry him or he marry you? Uh, I thought he was in love with me. I was in love with him. And for a long time, I always thought he was in love with me. We would date together. We would go out, you know, spend time together and shower me with gifts presence, money, and we were always doing things together. He will, well, he will tell you he loved you. Yes, he did. Yes. Mm. And when he introduced you to his friends and family, did he show that he was in love with you? <laughs> yes, he did. And um, I, I got to the point where uh, I was always the life of the party. I always liked to have fun, and I was the, always the outgoing person. So I started noticing towards, um, I could kind of tell, it. the atmosphere changed. I was always greeted by his friends, welcomed by his friends. And I was always the life of the party, laughing, like to have fun. And then I guess when his friends could tell that he was cheating on me and I didn't know, their behavior started to act different towards me. And then I could ch kind of felt, felt that something isn't right because of the way they would look at me like I'm not getting involved. And they was more standoffish at that time. Mm -hmm. So really, it, it just, by your story, I mean, I think that we learned that there are so many different reasons why someone would cheat, you know, and a lot yeah. of them is about them, right? With him, it was that he always wanted to be with this other woman, right? So he had her on his mind, her in his heart, and you were a great woman and a great mother. However, you weren't her. Right. So I and I yeah. think as women, sometimes I think we think that maybe he's cheating because, you know, we're not having sex. Right. I mean, on a regular yeah. basis. And it, clearly that wasn't the case here. Um, so just because that's happening, I guess it doesn't matter. It didn't matter. Mm hmm. Didn't matter. No, That's Jackson. why my story today, I, I do not recommend to anybody to do what I did at all, at all. Um. I am curious as well, how did you handle your emotions? Because this is a very overwhelming story and I can imagine you were probably very anxious or you faced depression at times. Uh, were you taking medication or what did you do to find comfort while you were dealing with this? I would write in a journal. I would start writing. I could start writing in my journal Saturday morning at eight o'clock. And when I look up, it's about 12, 1 o'clock, and I'm still writing. So I always wrote. I, I didn't have anyone to talk to because I didn't want to hear it. So I would write in my journal. I would just constantly write and express everything in my journal. That way I wouldn't have to worry about hearing anyone tell me you're dumb, you're stupid. If I would have, could have, should have. So I constantly wrote. Did you do anything else to find comfort? No, um, I have OCD, so I like cleaning. So everybody always tell me, you have OCD, you like to clean. I would clean. I would just get in the mood. I would just, after writing, I would just clean. I, I just started cleaning any and everything that could be cleaned in my house. I would start cleaning. Okay. So you, you uh, are where you are. 
I suppose, because you said before you for you, uh, prayer and writing in a journal uh, helped you overcome this situation. Um, and then anything else help you overcome the situation for anyone, you know, that may be feeling like, OK, well, now I left him. How do I get this out of me? You know, how do I stop feeling this hurt and this pain and thinking of him and feeling sick? Well, it's going to take a while for them to not think about him because of all that you did and the time that you invested in it. My advice, I always tell women to look in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror. I, I would look in the mirror at myself and I would tell myself how beautiful. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're smart. So then I started with the positive affirmations and I would tell myself how smart I am and you don't need him. He's not worthy of you. You're better than that. Um, it's his loss. It's not your loss. It's his loss. And one day he's going to see you and he's going to realize that he messed up. And then guess what? It's too late. Because for me, for total satisfaction was for me to put on a pair of high heels and let my hair down. And my hair was down my back. And I had lost weight. And I started going to the gym. And I had started picking myself back up. And I was beautiful. And I was gorgeous. So you couldn't tell me anything when I walked in that courtroom during that divorce time. I was the hottest chick in the world. You could not tell me that. So I strutted. I sat in front of him in that courtroom. And I could see him looking at me. And I slung my hair over my shoulders. And I sat up strong. And I just... <laughs> smiled at him and I was like how are you doing Mr. Jackson and I smiled at him and he rolled his eyes at me and I was like yes and I slung my hair over my shoulders and I crossed my leg and I was like it's you girl that is a great and story that and that, that, that you dead that hygienist got, bitch he, found out that I got <laughs> he called his friends and he was like she's married she's married and he was like who and he was like Miss Jackson she got married and he was like oh yeah oh yeah I saw her. She oh, is hot. She looks good. And I'm like, yes. Oh, so that's good like for the you. end of the story. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Amazing. I you after all. I, I think that is the best ending. Um, but I think that, you know, for now, we're going to... Thank you for being on our program, on our podcast. Um, I think that you're very inspiring. Uh, that story, I think, once someone hears it, I don't think that they will forget it. Um, and if a friend or a family member is going through that situation, I think that sharing your story will be very powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to Jessica and Monica. I, Jessica, as always, you know, you make us laugh. <laughs> and your insight is so valuable. And Monica, those questions, very, very insightful to hear the answers to those. Thank you. 